So what do you make of this new Gallup poll? It seems to indicate that America is getting gayer. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Well, what do we make of this poll? Gallup poll indicates that the highest rate ever in in their polling history, younger adults identifying as gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender, is that because there's an environment now where they can come out and be more free? In other words, always been there, hidden under the surface, in the closet, so to say, but now the environment in America is such that they can just come out more clearly or... Is it something else? Is it indoctrination? Is it media bombardment? Is it confusion? We'll sort that out today, among other things. Welcome to the Line of Fire. This is Michael Brown, and here's the number to call, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. And, and I want to put out a few questions for you. If you're a parent, would you say that your kids, let's say they're in public school, if they are, that as you've interacted with them, that you have come across things that you'd have to call LGBTQ propagandistic teaching. In other words, emphases in the school, classes in the school that are telling your kids, you have to accept this, you have to embrace this, little children being read stories about two moms or dads, that kind of thing. How often do you run into that? It's one thing. If you're a younger person, maybe teenager, maybe you're in college, young adult, Uh, What kind of pressure would you say is on you to conform, to accept talking points of LGBTQ activism, or just someone in the workplace in general? What are you running into? 866-348-7884. Let me say up front that Jesus died for all human beings the same. Gay, straight, however someone identifies, Jesus died for all human beings the same. In addition to that, All of us, every human being, we are all created in the image of God and yet fallen. So every one of us, no matter who we are, whether we're raised in a Christian home, a Buddhist home, an atheist home, whether we've thought we were trapped in the wrong body, whether we're at home in our bodies, every one of us is created in God's image and yet fallen and by nature rebellious and needing redemption. And that redemption comes through the cross. So every one of us must be born again, born anew, born from above. And we are not talking about discriminating against people or hating people or mistreating people. We're talking about reality and we're talking about how God made us and what God intended for us. I remember some years back reading comments on Amazon. It was a review to my book, uh, either Can You Began Christian or A Queer Thing Happened to America. I think it was Can You Began Christian. And the gentleman said that not that long ago he had watched his partner of over 40 years die, I think, in his arms, his gay partner. Uh, the, the man had recently come to grips with what was right and wrong in God's sight in terms of sexuality and relationship. 
And and he said this. He, he said he he didn't think that he was going to be able to change that his desires would change, but he knew God did not want him in a homosexual relationship. And I remember in the review of my book, he said, "Look, even even an atheist can see that men were made for women and women for men. In other words, biological compatibility, biological design, the way God set things up for human thriving is men with women and women with men." And then when you put a child in the equation, the only way you get a child is through a male-female union. It still is the way it works, friends. There, there must be the male component and the female component biologically to produce a child. That child will do best in a loving home with mother and father. That is God's best for human thriving. But what do we do with, with these Gallup poll results? What do we make of them. Let's, let's take a look and see what they have to say. And, and the headline was this, that 5.6% of Americans overall identify as LGBT, up from 3% a few years back, 4%. Now it's 5.6%. So the question is, how do we sort that out? So let's, let's take a look. Those that are watching, you'll be able to see this. Otherwise, I'm going to explain this. So in 2012, the number was put at 3.5%. Those are Americans who self-identify as LGBT. Now, 2012 is not that long ago. 2012 is just a few years before the Supreme Court redefines marriage and, and the Obama administration lights up the White House in rainbow colors. So that's not that long ago. And this is an anonymous poll. But it's still, only 3.5% of Americans identify that way. Now, you'd be shocked to know what general population thinks the numbers are. In other words, general population thinks the numbers like 10 times higher than that. But that's the amount that identified. 2013, 3.6%. 2014, 3.7%. 2015, 3.9%. So it's a little by little going up. 2016, 4.1%. 2017, 4.5%. Now a few years goes by. 2020 poll, 56 how did how did those numbers go up? Why are they going up? I, I asked the question again, is it because it's a more open society, a more affirming society, a more, quote, inclusive society, and therefore more and more people are identifying as gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender? Let me scroll down to, to another chart here. Americans' self-identified sexual orientation. So among those who identify as LGBT, right? So these are those who identify as LGBT or Q, whatever other letter is in there. Among those, 11.7% identify as lesbian, so exclusively attracted to females as a female. 24.5% of that number of those who identify as gay or lesbian, 24.5% gay. Now look at this. 54.6% 54.6% of those who identify as LGBT, bisexual. Hmm. Bisexual is just, is this a new phenomenon now that the numbers are so high? Why is that? Transgender, 11.3. And then other, for example, queer, same gender loving, 3.3%. Now, among U.S. adults overall, with all the talk, with all the push, and all the look at the how many and, and pervasive and all of this, still to this moment, Those Americans, according to the Gallup poll, who identify as lesbian, right, that is the way that they would identify, 0.7%. 
you understand what that number is. That that's well under one in a hundred, hundred, one in a hundred forty. Those who identify as gay, one point four percent. So that's that's one less than one in seventy. Bisexual, three point one percent. That's less than one in thirty. Transgender, zero point six percent. That friends, that that is less than. One in 150 people. <clears throat> let's, let's look down at another chart here. Americans' self-identification as LGBT by generation. So look at this. Traditionalists, so those born before 1946, who identify as LGBT, only 1.3%. Baby boomers, 1946 to 64, only 2%. Generation X, born 1965-1980, Millennials, born 1981 to 1996, 9.1%. And now check this out. Among Generation Z, those, so those born 1997 to 2002, those participated in the poll, those identifying as LGBT, 15.9%. Friends, those born before 1946, 1.3% of identify as LGBT. Baby boomers, 2%. How in the world do you jump to 15.9%? Okay, one last chart to look at. And I'm going to answer all this. The answer, friends, is obvious. And it's not the water that people are drinking. It's not primarily a biological or chemical thing, and therefore more people are being born a particular way. That is not the reason. Last chart, look at this. Americans self-identified sexual orientation by generation. So again, traditionalists, those identifying as bisexual, 0.3% gay, 0.3% lesbian, 0.2% transgender, 0.3% other, 0.1%. Now let's, let's go to millennials, born 81 to 96. Those identifying as bisexual, 5.1%, gay, 2.0%, lesbian, 0.8%. Transgender, 1.2%. Now Generation Z, look at this. Those identifying as bisexual, 11.5%. Where on earth did that come from? Those identifying as gay, 2.1%. Lesbian, 1.4%. Transgender, 1.8%. How in the world did these numbers jump to where they are? It is not primarily because it's a more open society and more and more people feel they can come out about who they are. Oh, there's some of that for sure. But bear in mind, you've had fairly steady numbers for many years. You can go to major cities in America or other countries that are super, super gay friendly and the percentages end up roughly the same. Countries that are more gay affirming, the percentages end up roughly the same. In other words, you're not having this sudden spike up, this dramatic spike up. So, so what explains it? Friends, it's real simple. It is years and years and years and years of indoctrination. Years and years and years of pouring in images. Years and years and years of all kinds of influences from children's books read in nursery schools. Here. Look at this. You have toddlers now who grow up 
as toddlers and then coming into nursery school age and then elementary school age, exposed to things like drag queen reading hours. Do you think they would have a different disposition to a drag queen or how cool it is that the man dresses like a woman and acts in this flamboyant way and is also gay for the most part? Do you think they would have a different reaction than someone who wasn't exposed to all that? Obviously. It doesn't mean we go around hating on drag queens, but by all means, you do not set them as a role model for a toddler. We have lost our corporate minds here in America. I'm going to play a video clip for you. We come back, friends. It's going to shock you. It's going to shock you. It's going to grieve you. But this is why we've been sounding the alarm for many years now. All right, we'll be right back. 866-34-TRUTH. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. My point here is not to bash people. My point is not to attack others, but rather to say we have been warning for years, me since 2004 and many others long before that, about the indoctrination of our children by gay activists from the LGBT perspective, it, it might be, hey, this is so important because they're saying, hey, we grew up and we were rejected and we were bullied and, and, and we were attacked and, and it's so important to have an embracing and inclusive and open environment that will be different so that we, I, I understand that there can be good motivation. I'm not saying everywhere they are all sexual predators that are trying to seduce our children. There are some, there's heterosexual predators and homosexual predators, they're out there. And we need to stand for our children and expose them wherever they are. But that's, that's not primarily what's going on here. It's another type of indoctrination. Years back, I started to get books. And I've got a large stack of them of just children's readers. What kids, little kids, nursery school, even younger, were being exposed to. So here, you, you want to you see with your own eyes what I'm talking about. You want to see why more and more young people are identifying as gay or lesbian or bi or trans, whatever. Here, wa watch this and grieve. E is for bi. C is for coming out. D is for drag. M is for non-binary. S is for sashay. Sashay. T is for and what was the name of this book? The Gay BCs. <laughs> you like this book? Yeah. The Gay BCs. Yep. S is for sachet. Come on. How in the world? E even if someone is put the book together to be silly, and obviously people meant it and people are reading it to their kids. Oh, that's a good thing to know. Oh, and God, God made you the sachet. And that's even a word a little kid is even going to think about. And you need to understand, you know, non-gender, non-binary. Come on, friends, this is madness. But 
we have been addressing this for years because this is so pervasive. And not just with our children's schools, but in, in Hollywood, TV, the constant bombardment, the constant exposure, the, the constant images. And now think of this. Why are so many identifying as bisexual? Anything goes. You fool around here, fool around there. And why is it a higher percentage of women identifying as bisexual? Just often women being more touchy-feely and, hey, you survey these same people, say 18 to 23-year-olds that have such a high percentage now identifying as gay or lesbian or bisexual, transgender, or something else. You survey them in 10 or 20 years, and you'll see those percentages have dropped dramatically because over the course of time, they realize that's not really who they are. Here, look at this from my book, A Queer Thing Happened to America. And this is where I deal with, with Hollywood and the emphasis there in terms of images and so on. 2001, film critic Michael Medved said this, 2001, 20 years ago. A Martian gathering evidence about American society simply by monitoring our television would certainly assume that there were more gay people in America than there are evangelical Christians. And at that point, evangelical Christians, similar to now, 25, 30% of the population. Uh, can I read that again? He said this 20 years ago. A Martian gathering evidence about American society simply by monitoring our television, would certainly assume that there were more gay people in America than there are evangelical Christians. Okay, I'm gonna come back to those quotes in a moment. But Gallup did surveys where they asked Americans in general, what do you think is the percent? How many people do you think are gay in America? And some years back, probably five years or more back, people, 25, 30%, those were the guesses. Where'd they get that from? Was it that one in three or one in four people they knew, family members, friends, co-workers, schoolmates, were, were gay or lesbian? No, it was the bombardment of media. It was what was portrayed and put forward day and night. And look, gay activists laid out the strategies in the 80s. They laid out the plan. They said, here's how we're going to do it. I mean, it's documented. And they did a brilliant job of changing people's perceptions, an absolutely brilliant job of doing it. <clears throat> I was with young people, high school, college age at the oldest. It was an apologetics conference in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, if I recall. And I would say it was within the last five years for sure, maybe within the last three years. And I, these, these were young people at an apologetics conference. And I asked them the question, what percentage of the population think is gay. And their answer was the same. They, they put it around 30% or higher. Where'd they get that idea? And these are solid Christian kids. Okay, let's look at a few more quotes. And I have these in my book, A Queer Thing Happened to America. Yale Kramer, writing in the American Spectator. So my book came out in 2011. These all are prior to that. Hollywood always rewards young actors for taking risks in the service of homosexual values. Then Elizabeth Taylor, if it weren't for gays, honey, there wouldn't be a Hollywood. And then how about this quote? 
This is from Michael Kinsley, Kinsley, The Quiet Gay Revolution, Time Magazine, June 14th, 2007. That's before Barack Obama was president. This was during the days of George W. Bush as president, 2007, 14 years ago, long time ago. And he said this, the debate of 14 years ago about gays in the military seems almost quaint. Kids grow up today with gay friends, gay parents, gay parents of friends and gay friends of parents. Kids are also exposed constantly to an entertainment culture in which gays are not merely accepted but in some ways dominant. You rarely see a reality show without a gay cast member while Rosie O'Donnell is a coveted free agent and Ellen DeGeneres is America's sweetheart. And then this, this was Scott Harris, Inside Movies, January 12, 2010, for a while now. Kissing has been a popular pastime, but over the last few years, a particular subgenre has emerged as perhaps the hottest gimmick in Hollywood, girl on girl. You grew up watching that? You grew up seeing movies like that? Then young people get exposed to porn where it's anything goes. Is it any surprise that more identifies bisexual? And then Jared Barrios, president of GLAAD, which was originally Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. I said it's really the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Disagreement. This is January 19th, 2010. He said, it's not enough to be Will and Grace anymore. The benchmark is higher. That was 2010, friends. The comic books with gay superheroes, lesbian superheroes, trans superheroes. I documented this in depth in 2011 and even went through major gay activist talking points and just showed how they would occur, whether it was a TV series, a hospital series or a cop series or whatever that the, the talking points would emerge. One in 10 is gay. Gay activists know that it wasn't true. Know that for years and years, but it was a good talking point. And it gave people idea, oh, we're talking about one in 10, therefore our, our attitude should be different. They'd just be weaved in there. Or you're born this way, you can't change. And then if you have an evangelical Christian, you know what to make of that. That person will be a bigot, a hypocrite, secretly living the opposite of what they claim, or maybe even involved in killing a gay person. I mean, just horrific stuff. That's the way it's portrayed. And friends, people learn a lot more from Hollywood, TV, and movies, and then they learn from, <clears throat> learn from the Bible these days, unfortunately. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's grab a call before our next break. Let's go to Stephen in Houston, Texas. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Hey, Dr. Brown, this is Stephen. Uh, man, I appreciate everything that you're doing right now, and I enjoy your book, Go and Send for More. But um, I just want to ask you a question. I mean, I agree with you 150% when it comes to the indoctrination of this homosexuality. And me personally, as a black man, I'm kind of sick and tired of seeing it throughout society being forced on our throats, especially in commercials where blacks, black men are being portrayed as this weaker vessel but not trying to put it all on a race tip as well, but I also want to talk about how the churches of pastors who knew for a fact in their own hearts that were battling with this refused to talk about this from the pulpit, and um, they never actually choose to the people who probably could have been struggling with the same thing yeah. but try to save face. They didn't speak about it, which to me is detrimental because a lot of these people that go to church like father figures. Yeah. And when you don't have dad at home to raise the son in the right way, 
what else are they going to be soaked up into other than the femininity of their mother? And, of course, what goes on in media and at school, the indoctrinated, while the darkness of what Satan is trying to put in their hearts. I also think that, you know, with this equality act going out with all these transgenders, a lot of people don't see the, the evil behind it because, I mean, we're coming to a time where, man, I don't have kids yet, but when I start having kids, my, my kids are going to have to ask their future spouses, man, were you born a woman? Were you born a man? It's, 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 it's sad, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel for these people, but at the same time as, as a Christian, I don't feel like, why do I have to give in to this and break my morals and break my beliefs and, and, and break my relationship with God just to be accepted? And yes, you know, I have to be loving and caring and reach out to these people. I'm not going to come up on here and say I hate gays and lesbians because I really don't. So please, whoever's listening, don't think that. But I will say this, that the church is being attacked in a way that right now it's, it's, it's to the point where um, the power of the church is kind of seeing pretty light right now. You know? Yes, yeah, Stephen, l- listen, of, we, yeah. we got a break. I want to I wanna respond to your comment on the other side of the break. But you have nailed some critically, critically important issues, man. We're going to come back to them on the other side of the break. Thank you for the call, sir. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. As we reflect on data from a new Gallup poll that indicates a real spike among Generation Z young adults, so about 18 to 22, 23-year-olds, who in very high numbers, much higher than ever before, identifying as gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, especially bisexual. And I'm quite sure it's not because suddenly all these people realize that we're born bi. No, it's not that you're born bisexual. It's that it's an anything goes culture. It's that the image of, especially having a higher percentage of, of females saying this, it's, it's the image is girls kissing girls and all of this. It's the influence of porn in the society. It's the ongoing indoctrination of children. That's why you have this phenomenon. And hey, it's cooler to not just be straight. You got to break some of the boundaries. Stephen from Houston, right before the break, made a few important comments. One is there has been a wholesale failure of church leaders across America to address LGBTQ issues for many years now. I know it because when God started burdening me 17 years ago to address these issues, people thought, what are you doing this, Mike? You're wasting your time, man. What kind of tangent is this? As if this was something that I wanted to be writing about and and researching and and interacting with so many painful stories and and just sitting, listening to people talk and just crying as they talk as you feel their pain and and you're hurt by the fact they feel rejected and hated by the church and you, you know God has a better way for them. So I would speak and address these things. People didn't want to hear it, deny the importance of it. And then for years now, people saying, please come and speak on this in our church. We need help. And then when I get there, invariably, there's a long line of people wanting to talk to me. Some of them standing there crying because of family issues and things that have come up and they haven't known where to go. One megachurch pastor told me a few years ago that he was the only pastor in his city, megachurch pastor in his city, that addressed the issue of homosexuality from any level. Forget activism in the society. Steve was just talking about people struggling in the church. 
wouldn't even talk about it. It's too controversial. But what about the people struggling? And then you have this insidious thing, and it was a great strategy, gay activists to say, hey, if we can say, and they many of them believe this, we're born this way and we can't change, that sexual orientation is innate and immutable, therefore it is just like skin color, then they could basically hitch themselves to the civil rights movement and say, hey, this is the new civil rights movement. So you have all these gay activists who now ride on the shoulders of the civil rights movement of the previous years, and you ask the question, okay, yeah, gay, definitely gays have suffered over the years in America and been cast out and lost jobs and sometimes been beaten and rejected by family and all that. But you're going to compare that to the African slave trade? You're going to compare that to generations of slaves in America? And you're going to compare that to decades and decades of segregation? How many millions of black lives were lost from Africa to America and destroyed here in America? You're going to compare that to struggles that gays have had? What an insult to, to the black civil rights movement. And now President Biden said a year ago that the civil rights issue of the day is, is, is transgenderism. So you have this real insult to those that suffered and stood for civil rights over the years. Then the wrong comparison to sexual orientation or gender identity, comparing it to skin color or ethnicity, which are innate and immutable. You're born that when you can't change your skin color or your ethnicity as opposed to sexual orientation and gender identity, which are clearly fluid in many lives. And there's no evidence that someone is born that way. But, but not only that, you have in broken homes where you don't have a father figure, it does create problems in male identity. It's just common sense, common sense. So if a boy is raised by his mother and grandmother and not by a father, then there will be male image issues. So you have, on the one hand, white gay activism is very out and proud. You'll, you'll see the vast majority of gay activist leaders are largely white. And then you have in the black community, the down low, where men are married and, and outwardly functioning as heterosexuals, but are secretly homosexual. Shouldn't these be issues that churches talk about? Shouldn't these be things where people say, hey, we're struggling here. We need help rather than condemning them. What's wrong with you? You bad. No, we need help. Put it out like that. But then here, let's focus on what's happening with the children. Uh, this is, this is going to be a long clip, but, but I want you to, to, to take this in. This is Senator Rand Paul, who's also a medical doctor, interviewing Richard, now known as Rachel Levine, President Biden's nominee for Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services. Listen to this extraordinary interaction. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. 
Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. 
There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of three and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three-year-old about changing their sex. I can't Great, vote for you if you can't thank make you a so decision. Thank you so much, Senator Paul. Hey, friends, we've been chatting this up for years. Thank God for what Senator Paul did. And, and look, during the campaign for president, Joe Biden was asked a specific question. He said he was fine with an eight-year-old. If an eight-year-old wants to make the decision to transition, that's fine. Friends, this is, this is as Dr. Paul McHugh said, Dr. Paul McHugh, famous head of the psychology department at Johns Hopkins University for many, many years, and the man who helped ban sex change surgery from Johns Hopkins University Hospital for, for many years until recently reinstated. I asked him before I was on the Tyra Banks show years ago what his view was. He said, child abuse. This is child abuse. Medical intervention in the development of a child, hormone blockers, surgery in particular, child abuse. You know who used that exact same term recently? None other than Dr. Ben Carson when asked about these very same things. This is child abuse. This is madness. Parents say, oh, you don't know what, you don't know my kid was suicidal. You have no idea. They, they finally have peace and they're happy identifying as a boy or a girl, and, you know, and, and being who they really are on the inside. We're so happy to see them. Listen, I'm not saying it's an easy thing. I'm saying there is a better way. There is absolutely a better way. But the more our culture celebrates the Bruce Jenners as Caitlyn Jenner and Jazz, the kid going through transition surgery, sex change surgery on TV. The more our culture celebrates that, the more child abuse there will be to this medical practice that should not be allowed at all. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. Listen, there, there are a few different issues we have. One, what does the Bible say about sexuality? about gender, about relationships, about marriage, about family, in terms of God's ideal and what is laid out, what is right, what is wrong. That's the first thing. The second thing is, how do we relate to those who identify as LGBTQ or whatever else? And I don't say whatever else in a derogatory way. I'm simply saying that once you open the, the door of different identities, you're going to get an endless number of different self-perceptions, hence the growing number of, of letters that are used over the years. So how do we relate to those who identify as LGBTQ, family members, friends, coworkers? And then what about when we are forced to relate a certain way? When our children are gonna be subjected to things in school that we don't agree with. When you will be told how you must address someone at work, you must use a certain pronoun or name. Where, where children or girls are gonna to have to compete with biological males in in sports and things like that. How do we relate to these things? Or where a church is told you must, you must 
perform a same-sex wedding. If you perform any wedding, you have to perform same-sex wedding. That's where the Equality Act would go. And by the way, as, as much as I warn about looking to Trump as some kind of savior figure, I, I voted for him, preferring him to Joe Biden. These are some of the very reasons, these policies of the left. Biden is not Satan. Trump is not Jesus. They're both flawed men who need the Lord to work deeply in their lives. All right, but votes have certain consequences, and these are some of the consequences. I'm going to go to your calls in a moment, but listen to what President Trump said at his CPAC speech on Sunday afternoon as he addresses this very issue about the Equality Act and where it would go with males competing with females. Joe Biden and the Democrats are even pushing policies that would destroy women's sports. A lot of new records are being broken in women's sports. Hate to say that, ladies, but got a lot of new records. They're being shattered. You know, for years, the weightlifting, every ounce is like a big deal for many years. All of a sudden, somebody comes along and beats it by 100 pounds. Boom, boom. Now, young girls and women are incensed that they are now being forced to compete against those who are biological males. It's not good for women. It's not good for women's sports, which worked so long and so hard to get to where they are. The records that stood for years, even decades, are now being smashed with ease. Smashed. If this is not changed, women's sports, as we know it, will die. They'll end. It'll end. What coach, if I'm a coach, you know, I want to be a great coach. What coach, as an example, wants to recruit a young woman to compete if her record can easily be broken by somebody who was born a man? Not too many of those coaches around, right? They are around. They won't be around long because they're going to have a big problem when their record is, we're 0-16, but we're getting better. No, I think it's crazy. I think it's just crazy what's happening. We must protect the integrity of women's sports. So important. After. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, by the way, Donald Trump was was proud of getting support from gay Americans. And Richard Grinnell, whom he appointed as ambassador to Germany and then briefly on the cabinet, now talking about a potential run for uh, governor of California. He's out and proud gay. And Peter Thiel, co-founder of PayPal, who spoke at the Republican and National Conventions, what, in 2016 and 2020, I think? Openly gay. So it, it's, it's, not, it's not like there's Donald Trump was the pristine, pure, righteous voice. And, and the change is going to have to come through the church, friends. Change is going to have to come through God's people standing up and living out what's right. If you've not yet watched the movie In His Image... It is free. Get it, book it to to watch as a church together with other resources. Watch it in your own home. It's absolutely free. And you'll see it's not bashing or attacking. It's full of the love of God. It's based on sound theology. It is eye-opening, full of compassion, amazing stories. Go to inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie, and watch for yourself. Just put in your email, and you can watch for free, as hundreds of thousands have already. In his image, dot movie. All right, back to the phones. We go to Michael in Corpus Christi, Texas. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Hi, Dr. Brown. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Uh, good to talk to you again, Dr. Brown. I always like calling you. Uh, thanks for putting up with me. Real quick, Dr. Brown, just, just a couple of things, sir. Just a couple of things. 
Um, you know, if it was up to me, I, I, I would send all the thugs, gays, homeless to North Sentinel Island. But anyway, another thing, when are you and Dr. James White going to team up and, and take on Matthew Vines? I've been waiting for years. When are y'all going to destroy that guy in a debate? Yeah, well, Matthew Vines has, has refused to debate either of us, been offered different times in different settings, has been asked to do it. And obviously we want to destroy his arguments and, and reach him with the truth of the, of the gospel. Uh, he and I did a brief radio debate. So if you go to AskDrBrown.org, AskDrBrown.org, if you go there, or to our YouTube channel, AskDrBrown, AskDrBrown, if you go there and just search for Vines, you'll see that, that we did a radio debate on Up for Debate, which used to be on Moody Radio. It was actually with, with Skype, so you could, you could see us. You say, I, I thought you said he wouldn't do it. Well, what happened was he was asked to do a debate, agreed to do it, and then found out it was me, didn't want to do it for whatever reason, didn't want to do it. But as we know from people that were in a private Facebook group with him, he was told and agreed that it would be worse publicity to not do it than to do it. But you'll see he did not raise one single scripture, not one single scripture in support of his viewpoint, not one. And when he was challenging me, well, where are the sources from around that time that speak of homosexuality a certain way? I posted them immediately online the next day. It's just easy to, to do that, post them readily available. But uh, as for wanting to round gays up and put them on an island or something like that, no, no, God forbid. We are, I, I, I appreciate just being honest, sir, but we're in a world full of sin and it's in the church and it's, and it's in the secular society. And there's all kinds of junk and all kinds of compromise. And, and if we're going to start separating particular sinners, before you know, there's going to be nobody left. So the wheat and the tares grow side by side until Jesus comes. And every one of us needs to receive the mercy and kindness of God. Now, if someone in our congregation, a member of our church, claimed to be following Jesus, was an openly professing Christian, and living in a unrepentant homosexual relationship or living in an unrepentant sinful heterosexual relationship, adultery, fornication, or a homosexual relationship of any kind that they were actively living and refused to repent. If they refused to repent, then we excommunicate from the church. That we do. But others, we live in this world side by side, and our goal is to reach as many people as we can. All right, uh, I've got time for another call. Let's go to Yvette in Miami, Florida. Thanks for calling the line of fire. Dr. Brown, so um, I was just calling because I did see kind of the title of today's conversation, and I found it very, very interesting. And um, the person who I spoke to earlier, it was just kind of like also understanding that hypersexuality and how America has kind of like, you know, babied this monster, and now we're dealing with homosexuality. I think it's really important for churches to be aware that, um, you know, kind of like allowing things go unsaid allows sometimes for these big monsters to come out and rear their heads at us. Yeah, in, in, in other words, just having a society that in general is hypersexualized. so from our sure. decades of scantily clad women at, at, on magazines, I'm not blaming the women, I'm, this is the culture, right? right so you, right. So you, you <laughs> check out of a grocery store, right? And, and there you've got, I mean, this is decades that constant bombardment, sexual images, sexual themes Correct. in movies and TV, 
constantly. So, of course, where you're going to have and, and obviously the biggest sexual issue in America is going to be heterosexual because of the vast number of heterosexuals. So heterosexual porn and all the other things. And then with that, of course, you're going to have dulling of senses. And with of that, course. of course, you're going to have more experimentation. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then with that, you're going to have other agendas that rise up and, and try to push in our society. So, yeah, it's, it's a larger issue for sure. And, and you're right to draw attention to it. Right. Because, like, um, you know, I am younger and it's kind of like just remembering high school, how some, you know, some guys were the playboys. And now they're not, you know, now they are playing with boys. You know what I mean? Um, and it's because it's like, you know, we've kind of embraced this. You know, God has always called for purity. God has always called for modesty. Yeah. And sometimes we as Christians, we overlook these things. And Absolutely. now, you know, we're kind of dealing with, unfortunately, definitely it's like, you know, revelation is coming to pass as well as like time gets nearer to like, you know, the end times, I guess you can say. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm, you know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in only because I have a few seconds. And, and look, things can also be cyclical. Things can get very bad, and then swing back. But but here's the deal: with any practice in life, if you do the thing enough, you you will become desensitized, and then you'll step into other things you didn't plan on. So there's some people, as far back as they can remember, from their earliest days, always same sex attracted, always felt like they were trapped in their own body. There are others, you cross certain lines long enough, you start to blur distinctions and boundaries, and next thing, desires change. That's the nature of the flesh and sin. Friends, let us wake up to reality. Let us all turn to God and search our own hearts, and let us stand up for what is right. As we've said time and again, hearts of compassion, backbones of steel, that's what we must have today.